Welcome to the Crave Magazine Podcast, feeding your soul with art. What is life if you don't have art? Give your art to the world because the world needs that. Embrace mentors. Look at the people who have already done what you've done. If you have enough discipline and enough focus, then you're able to achieve what you want to achieve. Sometimes you have to stand out to fit in. All right, welcome to our very first edition of the Crave Magazine podcast. Today we are sitting down with Arote Jess Hemsell. She is a trained classical Indian Odissi dancer, as well as the owner of the Shakti Dance School in Colorado Springs, Colorado. There, Tejas teaches Indian classical dance, as well as Bollywood and other dance forms, which we will be talking about. She also performs along with her students in Colorado, India, and throughout the world. Tejas has dedicated most of her life studying and perfecting the art of dance. Tejas, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jim. So uh, I'd like to start out with uh, inspiration for our guests, something that artistically inspires you, whether that's um, a piece of dance, music, or an artist that you uh, follow or enjoy, or even just a quote, something that you live by. Yeah, so I really like this particular Rumi quote uh, that says, let the beauty we love be what we do. And what does that mean to you? Well, um, so since I was like a little girl, I just wanted to be a dancer. And as I got older, even though my family always supported me by putting me in dance classes, they all, you know, said that, oh, you can't, you can't do this for a career. And... I doubted myself, but then the more I just was like, you know what, no, I'm going to do this as my career and like believed in myself and became a dancer, I, I became so much happier like than like doing anything else, like nothing else would make me happy, like no other jobs would make me happy. So just being able to do what I love is, is so important to the happiness of my life and the quality of my life. And I feel like... I'm so lucky to be able to do the beauty that I love as my life, you know, because that's that's just so important and cultural arts aren't given enough value because like we're told we can't, you know, financially make it off of them, but it's not true, you know. If we believe in something enough, we can make it happen. And so just quotes um by Rumi have been like really inspirational to me like such as let the beauty we love be what we do because so just that's become like my mantra yeah absolutely so uh, let's dive deeper into your story you were saying that you grew up wanting to dance loving dance why don't you tell us a little bit about how that how that developed and how you became a professional dancer yeah well so I was three years old and I told my mom I'm going to be a ballerina when I grow up and, uh, you know, I was just like a normal three-year-old doing like, you know, spins like around the room. And, um, but I, I had fallen in love with dance from that age. And then when I was five, my parents took me to a Hare Krishna festival and I saw Bharatanatyam dance performed, which is South Indian classical dance. So I saw that for the first time when I was five. And I like immediately after the performance told my mom, I don't want to be a ballerina anymore when I grow up. I want to be an Indian dancer. So like, I just knew from that age. And then at that year, when I was five, I started training in Bharatanatyam, South Indian classical dance. And then like throughout my life since that age have dedicated my life to studying Indian dance and 
now I'm 35, so 30 years of training and later, and I still lose the only thing that I love and uh, want to do with my life. So I feel like it's my purpose on earth to, to do this dance. You had said earlier about how engaging in the arts like dance, it's very hard to make a professional living out of something like that. Um, were your parents supportive of that throughout your childhood? Well, they, it was funny because so they paid for my dance classes up until I and all of my trips to India to study up until I was 18. And then as soon as I turned 18, they were like, well, you can figure it out yourself now because we're going to be taking care of your sister's, uh, you know, private school fees and, and her, like whatever else they had to pay for for my sister. And, and um, uh, so I was like 18 and I finished high school and and I, um, I was like, oh, God, what? how do I, you know, find the money to keep studying and, like, keep doing this? So then it just took me a while to save up enough to go back to India to study myself. And uh, I just moved back here, actually, after, like, a seven-year dance study in India. And, um, yeah, I, I felt like throughout the time that I was, like, saying, okay, this is going to be my career, I did a year of college, and I was like, there's nothing else I want to do other than just continue my dance studies um, in India, and and everyone was kind of, like, in my family, and they were all like, ah, uh, this isn't, you know, it's fine that you do dance, but you really can't make a living off of this, and, like, I don't know, and then, and then it was... I just kind of ignored them and just kept doing it anyway. Just started my dance school and started doing shows. And um, and then, like, all of a sudden, all of my parents' friends were, like, telling them, like, oh, your daughter is so beautiful. Oh, God, her dancing is so wonderful. Like, wow, you must be so proud of her. And then they totally changed their tune, and they were like, oh, yeah, good job, Tejas. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep going. You're doing, you know, you're doing great. And now they're, like, my biggest fans. So it's, it, they did definitely switched around, you know, like, after, I, I guess, after I got recognition from their friends. Um yeah, so they're they're all like much more supportive now of of me, and also they realize that I mean I've always been very stubborn, so they realize that like telling me that I couldn't do it wouldn't really help anything. It would just make me want to try harder <laughs> to do it. I don't know. I guess they just realize that they need to be supportive now, like no matter what, and they are they are really um, supportive, and it's really good. Why why did you choose Indian dance? I mean, you said you saw you saw the the dance when you were five. Um, is that part of your cultural heritage? Are you Indian? So my mom's from India and my dad's American, so mixed, but um, I look more like my mom. I look more Indian. So I guess when I saw Indian dance, I just like, uh, I thought, oh, it, that fits me. Like, I look like her. Like, I can do that, you know? And um, yeah. so it just felt like more of a fit than ballet, you know? And, um, yeah, I just I've um when I was a little kid, my grandfather uh, would watch these Hindi movies with me. So there would be, you know, there's like song and dance in the Hindi movies and these beautiful Indian actresses, and so I just totally fell in love with them when I was a little kid, and watching them and just wanted to be like that. Wanted to wear, you know, makeup like them and like have my hair long and like dress in beautiful saris and like dance and you know like seduce all of the the kingdoms and all of the courts you know and 
Um, so that was just like a, kind of a dream of mine as a kid, growing up wanting to be like an Indian princess. So then I just kept, kind of continued that <laughs> into my into my life. So you said you went to India to to train and study um, for seven years. Is that correct? So actually, no longer than that. I mean, I was born in India, and throughout my life, I grew up kind of back and forth, India to America. So I was born in India, moved to America, and I was three, and then uh, was studying ballet. And then when I was five, um, after I saw Bharatanatyam performed at a Krishna festival in Houston, Texas, I moved back to India to study dance. right away and I stayed with my mom's family there and then uh, I came back to America when I was like six I guess a year later and then I moved back to India when I was nine to study again for like I had a so when I was six I had a an Indian dance teacher in California and then until I was nine and then I moved back to India to train like more intensively until I was like 11 and then I came back to America to Colorado and then moved back to India when I was 15 to study again for like two more years with my teacher in India and then so 17 I came back to America to finish high school and then it wasn't until I was 26 that I could go back to India to study again Um, and then I been training in India from the time I was 26 until I um, just like a couple of years ago I moved back here. Do you find I mean going back to India is is, really is going to the source but do you find there's a lack of um, teachers here in America that teach that style of dance that are proficient enough to to really teach it? Definitely. It's really hard to find teachers here which is why I would always go back there to train um, there, like, there are a few teachers in California and Seattle and New York, um, but like in Colorado, it's very, very hard to find uh, Indian dance teachers. And I'm one of the like only Odyssey dance teachers that I know in all of Colorado. So, so how is how is the uh, Odyssey dance style different from Bollywood dance? Uh, so Odyssey is East Indian classical dance. It's a very different than Bollywood because it's a it's a temple dance. So it's a spiritual dance, and it was it's an ancient temple dance that was originally only performed in temples um, by temple dancers. And so it's a spiritual dance that tells the stories of the gods and goddesses from Hinduism. And then Bollywood is very different because it's like fun and flirty and, you know, just very like glamorous, but it's not necessarily spiritual at all. Um, So they're very different styles. Uh, Classical Indian dance is the base of uh, Bollywood from the olden days because the actresses in Hindi movies had to be trained classical dancers. So that's like the style of Bollywood I do. Like nowadays you see a different style of Bollywood, which is like a lot of hip hop and stuff and belly dance and like more like gyrating pelvises. And like the style of Bollywood I do is like from the olden day Hindi movies. So it's like much more classically, uh, has a classical base to it. 
but then the the storyline for Bollywood is always like a love story, very different than classical Indian dance, which is more of like a devotee performing uh, a dance as a divine offering to the gods. Yeah, Bollywood. From from what I've seen, the few Bollywood movies that I've watched, it, Bollywood dancing seems in my uh, in my like Western unknowledged eyes it seems more uh, sensual and seducing not necessarily sexual but it's more of like the dancers seducing the crowds so you're seducing like you had said earlier seducing the kingdom more of like a celebration of the love that happens within the storyline of every bollywood movie that i've seen well so in indian classical dance we have uh it's called the navarasa which means the nine emotions so okay. we study like all of the emotions so like love and compassion and then we also study like anger and bravery and like peace and all of these emotions so we have to be able to show like many emotions like in Indian classical dance you kind of have to be an actress as well like you have to learn all of these emotions and feel those emotions when you're telling the stories of the gods and goddesses um but in Bollywood, it's like you really only have to learn the emotion of like coyness and like beauty and like flirting. So that's like the main emotion happening in Bollywood. So it's a little bit more light usually, um, like whereas Odyssey is like very heavy because it's you're telling all these stories of like gods and goddesses killing demons. And then like you're trying to find um, like enlightenment and like, so many like. Uh, kind of more serious stories are happening in Indian classical dance. Okay, and so the classical dance is really storytelling within the dance itself. There are two parts of classical dance. There's the storytelling part and then there's just pure dance, which is like just the steps and the postures and the hand mudras. So the mudras can tell a story, but they can also just be like part of steps. So we have pure dance and storytelling dance. And I feel like Bollywood is has, incorporates more of the pure dance from classical dance. And then just the only storytelling part is just like the kind of flirty movements or whatever that that's a little bit of the storytelling but but it's a very different like mood I guess if you would see a classical dance performance compared to a Bollywood performance the mood is very different okay yeah you had mentioned earlier that like when you one of the challenges that you had when you turned 18 was your parents were like okay if you want to do this you're kind of on your own now what are some other challenges that you've experienced along the way obviously very intense training that you've done over the years to become this professional this uh, proficient at it but what are some of the other challenges that really stood out to you it's definitely been a challenge uh, to be an artist like financially i feel really lucky that i can do dance full-time i just feel fortunate that i'm either good enough as a dancer or i have like enough support from my friends and family that i'm able to do dance full-time but it definitely was a struggle like I worked uh, for 10 years like doing you know side jobs like waitressing and a barista and uh, hostess and all of these jobs but and I just hated I hated it like every second of it I, w I was like dreaming of being on a stage and like just having my own studio and like just being able to dance all day and do classes all day and so just kept that dream and then I I lost a job, like a hostessing job, and 
I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, ah. And then I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to be a full-time dancer. Like, I'm just going to, I don't care if I have to live in a box on this side of the road. I'm going to do it. I was, I, I was unhappy for like 10 years working these like crap jobs. And I just felt like my whole life had been wasted. Like I trained my whole life, like for what to be like, to be a waitress in a restaurant. Like, no, like I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to just make this happen. Like regardless of the consequences. And, and then I did, I don't know how, I mean, it was really like, just, it was, I mean, I guess I did have two exes that, that helped support me and I had like um, a good community of friends and a lot of people helped me to, to be able to be, be a dancer, to become a dancer like full time. So I guess I would have to thank all of them for that support. So that's interesting and I hear that a lot with, and I had that same kind of experience with transitioning from this is a hobby or this is a part time kind of thing to full-time and it's it sounds like you had to just kind of at some point make that leap like are you are you a waitress or are you a dancer exactly and it, it's like everyone tells you that oh you like you can't do this this is you can't be an artist you're gonna be a starving artist you can't do this this is not practical this is it's okay on the side but you can't make a life out of it you can't make a living out of this you know like everyone tells you that society believes that and I just, like, the minute I started believing, like, no, this is bullshit. You can make a living off of the arts. You just have to, like, really just make it happen. Because whatever we believe will happen, it will happen, you know? So it was like, the minute I stopped saying that I'm a starving dancer, and I started saying I'm a successful dancer, like, everything just flipped around. So it was just... Like, it's just about believing in it and not, like, doubting, you know, your your worth as an artist. Yeah, I and that's I hear that a lot. And I think that's a, I, what you touched on is definitely true here in the West of the mindset of you have to get a job or you have to go down some traditional route instead of the artistic route or following your passion. Did you find that to be true when you were studying in India as well? In India, it was even more difficult uh, as an Indian dancer just because everyone in India is like an amazing Indian dancer. So then, like, it's really hard when that's all you do because you'll meet someone like at a gathering and they'll be like, oh, yeah, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I do, I'm an Indian classical dancer. And then they're like, and? Like, they're like, and? Like, what? Like, ah. Uh, because we're all dancers here. Yeah, it's just one of the subjects you study there like it's just another subject that you study like every other subject and then you become like a surgeon or whatever you know right and um you know you still know how to, to be an indian classical dancer even if you're a surgeon you know so then i felt like really like i was uh i didn't have very much to offer in india other than like just studying it was it's hard for me to stand out as a dancer there like I could stand out for being half white, but that for some reason, like I didn't really want that to be the reason, you know, um, that I was in the spotlight. So yeah, I felt like I knew I had to come back to America to, to share Indian classical dance with Westerners who have never seen it because it's so much more special. 
and then yeah just to stand out as an artist here and be appreciated as an artist whereas in India it was like I would perform and I would I had fans in India but like it was also like oh, well, did you see that troupe last night that was like a hundred amazing dancers from Bombay and they had like all live musicians and, you know, like they've been dancing since they were born and they're part of like a lineage of dancers and they're like way better than me. So it's just kind of brutal for ego in India as a dancer because there's so many incredible dancers there. Yeah, I, I like, I mean, here it's nice because I'm like the only one. <laughs> but... So what do, you, what do you love most about dance? You talked a little bit about early on about just the love of dance itself, but as far as being an artist. Well, dance, I feel like, is so important, and I wish it had a bigger role in, in like schools and like in physical education today because I feel like people's posture is so bad. Like when I see people's posture, I'm just like, oh my God, please take a dance class. You can like learn how to like hold your, you know, shoulders back and your chest forward and, um, you know, your chin up and like have like nice, beautiful posture. And like so many people slouch and like don't have, don't have good body awareness. So I feel like I wish dance was a bigger part of education in the world and especially in America like I feel like it's it's become like dance has become this thing that people are afraid of because they are intimidated by it or they just don't learn good body awareness when they're young and like men are are afraid of dance because it's like feminine and then uh, there's so many women that that don't get to learn to dance and it's I've just feel like I wish more people danced because it's such a beautiful um, expression of the body. I'm, I'm very passionate about dance and like just dance for as a physical form to to show to to teach us grace and discipline in our bodies. And then also I'm really passionate about cultural dance forms to to educate people about um, different cultural art forms from around the world and like. So many people don't know what the traditional cultural dances are, and um, that's why I do these world dance festivals to try and like show people what they are and hopefully inspire them to take a dance class and try it out. You know? Absolutely. I was uh, I was I was blown away the first time I saw you dance. I had never seen anything like it other than on TV or whatever, and to see it live, I was it's so it's so much more powerful. Um, yeah, it really is. Uh, amazing to see cultural dance forms with the traditional costume because and the first time I saw it I was also blown away that's the experience I want to give people at my shows like I want them to be moved when they walk out of the theater I want them to be uplifted you know and feel like there's something higher and and dance is is that dance is something higher that um that it's it's special for people to to study it or to watch it because they for a second have that experience of being uplifted and and reaching something reaching a higher level. Mm-hmm. You talked about the spirituality of it. Do do you find that uh, as you are in a dance that you kind of you become lost in that a little bit? Like I guess what I'm referring to is a lot of times you hear it with visual artists like a lot of visual artists will 
they get into their studio and they get into their workspace, however that is, whether it's with music or whatever, and they just start to create the art and like the art comes out from within. You have this long history of, of experience in the moves and the expressions and in, like you said, the, the hand mudras and everything. But do you find that when you're in the dance that the expression comes from within, it comes from a higher place? Definitely. I mean, I feel like everyone who studies these arts for, for many, many years, they get to a point where they kind of like trance out inside of the dance or inside of the raga or or whatever it is. Um, like sitar players, like when they start playing ragas, they go into a trance and it's like you, you leave your body and you, you, you just go into to a trance and dances like that as well. You're like taken to like another dimension or something inside of the dance. And we have in Odissi dance, we have a dance called moksha, which means liberation. So in the dance, the dancer um, finds liberation. So she, it's like you go and find like higher enlightenment through this dance and it's like an, a meditational dance so your mind and your body go to like another another realm or something uh -huh. but it takes many years to get to that level where you have the mastery to be able to like lose yourself inside of it because when you're starting you're just trying to remember like all the steps you know you're concentrating so hard like to remember it before and then after a certain point it becomes just body memory and then you can like go you know to another another kind of realm while you dance yeah i think it's uh that place of unconscious competence where you you know the movements so well that you don't have to think about them. You just have to allow the, the muscle memory to perform them, just like they with golf or with any other activity that, that one becomes really proficient at. You allow the body to move and then you take it to a higher level. Yeah, and it takes years and years. I mean, for anything, you know, to, to reach that level of mastery, it takes so many years. It's not like easy. I mean, of course, there are some dancers that are just really gifted that can pick up a dance really fast, but in Indian classical dance, usually, even if you are really gifted, it takes like so many years to reach a level of mastery over it, which is why it's hard to find students. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I do more Bollywood, because Bollywood, you can learn a choreography in like one hour and, you know, you can kind of uh, feel happy that you accomplished something. With Indian dance, Indian classical dance, it's a very long, hard road before you reach a level of mastery and I find that a lot of my students uh, a lot of students don't have like the discipline to continue studying it um, so it's it's rare to find dedicated students uh, for Odyssey. Bollywood however can appeal to a much wider audience and then I also recently started teaching Zumba which which also like a lot of people really like because it's easier. Yeah. Do you like it? I do. I do like Zumba just because it's so funny. It's so the opposite of Odissi. It's, uh, it's like this like really intense kind of like angry reggaeton dance <laughs> that is a very different mood, let's say, um, mm -hmm. than Odissi, you know, because it's more like just uh, shaking out whatever is inside of you. So, but I feel like it helps a lot of people. Zumba helps a lot of people that are like not 
in shape and because like everyone can do it it's really easy so I feel like it's helping people to teach them Zumba um, and then I incorporate you know flamenco dance uh, mudras and and stuff like that into my Zumba so like I feel like I'm teaching like some grace and body awareness through it as well so it's it's fun it's fun it's a totally different uh, style it's not like controlled like Odyssey is. It's more like flailing around. <laughs> so you get to mix a little bit of, of the some, yeah. some elements of the classical with something completely different. Yeah, I mean I mix in, my style is, is just, uh, my style as a dancer has so much classical dance in it that it ends up coming out in whatever style of dance that I try to do. So yeah, my and Zumba, the, when you get trained as a Zumba instructor, they kind of tell you like each instructor has their own style and they encourage that. So my style is definitely very um, heavily culturally influenced by Indian dance and some Spanish flamenco and uh, stuff like that for Zumba. But it's Zumba, it's like mostly uh, Latin kind of inspired music. Um, like salsa and reggaeton and, um, so but it's mostly for like uh, you know middle-aged women that want to lose weight that are like in you know they're not happy with their marriages and they need to like dance it out you know so <laughs> it's like it's a lot of a, uh, it's really fun it's a t definitely a totally different mood so yeah. all right let's let's dive a little deeper now and um, as as kind of the business side of the art, art artistry and just how it's affected your life. Um, so my first question there would be, how has being a dancer and spending really the majority of your life uh, pursuing dance, how has that affected the other areas in your business and your personal life? Well, it's definitely, it's definitely been a struggle financially, I would say, and continues to be a challenge financially to to make to lead a comfortable life as a dancer as a full-time dancer um but it's also something that i'm like really proud of uh, that that is my life to to make that a reality so and it has been uh, i've been able to make it as a dancer it's it's definitely been a challenge so it's it's not like it's been easy to be comfortable as a dancer i mean i I make a living off of classes and shows, so that's it's not um, it's not a lot, you know. So I have to lead like a simple life, so that can be challenging at times. Uh, my personal life, how has it affected my personal life? I don't know. I, I think it's good actually. Most of my friends are my students, and um, I've been lucky to have like really supportive partners in my life, and. So it's it's somehow worked out. I mean, I feel like I I receive a lot of respect as a dancer, and people are that I meet. Like when I meet new people, they're always like impressed that I keep following my dream of being a dancer, even though it's challenging. And I I mean, really, the only thing I have to say is that I'm like stubborn enough to do it. What what's one piece of advice that you'd give to someone who? wants to pursue dance who is like you when you were five and you looked up and you saw you know you saw that your first classical dance um, maybe not that young but someone who's like this is what I want to do this is what I have a passion for what, what piece of advice would you give 
Mary Rich. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, No, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a really admirable thing to be a dancer and to want to become a dancer. I I wouldn't say it's easy. And I would say you have to be really good to be able to make it um, as a dancer. Um, But I definitely believe it's, it's... you know, within within our reach, and also a really beautiful thing that needs the world needs more of. The world needs more dancers and artists. Like that's what is what is life if you don't have art? You know, like it's it's not it's not beautiful or special if you don't have art. I definitely would say, yeah, take dance classes, become a pro- professional dancer, become an artist full time, like and give your art to the world because the world needs that the most you know but as far as like in a practical money sense i don't know i mean i guess i i have just like i just feel like it needs to shift you know like society's views on like art not being viable as a as a career needs to shift like we need to reevaluate what is important in in life and art is something that is so important i was um partying one night and i wrote down some notes like in my book and then like at 3 a.m and then the next day i like look on my desk and and i, I was like what did i write there when i had that epiphany at three in the morning like and and it, it said art is the meaning of life so you know I guess my my subconscious is like that's that's just what I just I really believe that like with all of my being that we need more cultural art we need more art we need more dancers we need more artists and we need to be able to support these people you know because supporting cultural art and dancers and you know art and beauty is that that is what makes us rich as a society so even though maybe I'm not like financially rich, I feel very rich inside. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you're kind of preaching to the choir here. And that's that's part of the reason for for me doing this podcast in that I, I fully agree with you 100 percent. And I realize looking back at ancient cultures, while we in modern society may have deemed some knowledge from their their government or the way they the way they handled themselves as a people what we hold through to today is their artistry is their culture and that's the stuff that we still revere about history is how artistically inclined an ancient culture was or how how culturally significant they were it's really what's the part left over a hundred years or a thousand years in the future so I, i couldn't agree with you more you had mentioned some artists, or you had mentioned like the importance of art. Uh, what are what are three artists? They could be dancers, but they could be other artists, or they could be authors. You had mentioned Rumi earlier. What, who are three people involved in the arts that you that really inspire you? Well, uh, my role models growing up have always been my dance teachers. Um, as a while growing up, I. I think it was always hard for me to respect authority. Like I always had a problem with rules and, you know, being told what to do. But for some reason, my dance teachers, I, I never felt, I always felt like I would do whatever they wanted me to do. I would just like throw myself at their feet. And so my dance teachers 
were always my main role models in life. So my dance teacher when I was a little girl, her name is Maitili Kumar. So I have like her pictures still hanging in my room because I would just look at it every day and just like want to become her. And then my most recent guru that I studied this last seven-year intensive in India, her name is Sangeeta Das, and she is a child prodigy uh, dance star in from Orissa. And so she also became one of my main like role models because I I I mean I I've modeled my school around like based off of her school, and uh, so she's. My dance teachers, I guess, are just like the ones who I have the most respect for and the most, like I'm inspired the most by them because they're so strong and disciplined and beautiful. So they inspire me every day. I look at their pictures every day. Of course, uh, these these amazing poets, because one of my favorite things to do is is like post, post pictures that I've modeled as a dancer and then um, post them with inspirational quotes like follow your bliss is one of my favorite ones and just to keep reminding myself and everyone else that that you should always follow your dreams and you know follow your your bliss because if you don't I mean life goes by quickly and and like we should do what we love we shouldn't I people that spend like all day working in a factory I I just feel like that's like the worst thing ever you know like we need to do what we're passionate about and find a way to to make it off of that you know because otherwise it's it's waste what do you do like that's a, a great kind of conundrum what do you do when you have something that you're passionate about but you still have to make a living. I mean, and, and what you did was you suffered for many years. I don't know if suffered is the right word, but you spent many years working odd jobs and doing other things um, to su- try to support yourself. But I think if, from what I hear, it ultimately took you away from what you really love to do until you were able to make that switch of like, okay, if I'm going to be a dancer, I have to dance and I have to do it. And I'm going to leave all this other stuff, waiting tables and hostessing and everything behind. How, did, how does someone make that switch if they're... Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really just we have to believe in ourselves. I mean, we have to believe in the reality we want to create because the power of our mind is, is so much stronger than we know it is. So if we doubt ourselves, then we won't be able to make it. But if we believe in ourselves, we can. And that's just the most important things to just believe in yourself. And of course, it's not like it's like going to just happen, you know, like um, easily. Like to be an artist is, is it's it's a very big commitment and and can be a struggle. Like you also have to have a lot of talent to to be able to make it work. So it's it's not like it's easy. But I I really would say my best advice is just to believe in yourself and not doubt yourself because doubt is the thing that brings us down. And so if we just keep thinking positively and we just keep believing in something, then it will happen because there's no choice for like anything else to happen. If we put a hundred percent of our energy into something, it will happen. So it's just persistence really. So if you, if you had uh, 60 seconds with your 20 year old self, what kind of advice would you give to yourself? I think I would say that just keep believing in yourself don't doubt yourself like just believe in it and then it will happen like because that's 
what makes it happen is our thoughts make things happen. Like the the book, The Secret, um, is a book that's helped me many times in my life. But I just feel like if we knew how how powerful we were, like how powerful our thoughts are, like we can manifest what we believe in if we believe in it completely. But if we doubt ourselves, we won't, you know. So it's just really important to focus all of your energy into what you want to achieve and to focus your energy on your dreams because if you don't make your dreams happen, no one else is going to make them happen for you, you know. And it's just it's just important for us to believe in ourselves and believe in our dreams and create the reality we want. I like that, create the reality that we want. Um, so what are you working on today? What's, uh, what's getting you out of bed in the morning? Yeah, I have actually, I'm working on my dance studio. I have this huge mirror and I have, um, tried to hang it on the wall. So it's, uh, I need like about five men to come and help. <laughs> you hear that guys? <laughs> trying to organize a team of men to help me hang a mirror. Um, so that's that's my goal today, and uh, other than that, some dance practice and maybe go rock climbing later. I'm not sure. Um, and your your dance studio is in Colorado Springs, is that correct? Yeah, and then I have also a studio in Denver at the Krishna Temple. Okay. Uh, so I teach there on the weekends. So I'm just I just did a quick Google of your name, Arotejas, and. You dominate uh, the first every every link on the first page of Google is to you, to your Facebook, to some videos, and then also to the Shakti Dance School. So, folks, if you want to get a hold of Tejas, you can just Google Aro Tejas. That's A U R O T E J A S, and just throw it in Google, and there's all kinds of information about her. They can contact you and get a hold of you. Um, Is there any last thing you'd like to say, or any last uh, promotional piece that you'd like to? put out about yourself? My website's shaktidancetroupe.com if anybody wants to try um, an Indian dance class with me. I'm, I'm always looking for students. And just thank you so much for having me, Jim. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for being on our show. I really appreciate it. And then just, yeah, everybody follow your dreams. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Thanks again, Tejas. Thank you, Jim. Have a good one. The music for this edition of the Crave Magazine podcast is brought to you by the band Desert Dwellers. Please check them out at desertdwellers.org where you can find out more information on the band, their music, and even upcoming tour dates. And stay tuned because we'll be having Desert Dwellers on a future edition of the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Crave Magazine podcast. I am Jim Wills, your host and producer for this episode, and I am on a mission to bring art back to the world. With your help, we can make that happen. So please take a moment to leave a positive review for us on iTunes. And if you like what you heard, even more importantly, tell your friends. If there's something that we can do better, by all means, let us know. And if you are an artist or even just want to hear from a favorite artist, well, send us a message. We are putting this show out for all of us who love and appreciate the arts. So tell us how we can improve. Remember, always be good to one another. And of course, take time to feed your soul with art. Oh, 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 oh